0: Welcome to Four Verts.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Four verts Pod. As always, I am Rohan, and today I'm joined by Austin and Rishi. We are missing Shreya today, uh, but it has been a couple of weeks since we did a podcast. Niners have done an absolute tear since the last time we did a pod. I think this is three wins in a row now, uh, and you know, just coming off a shutout win against the Saints, 13-0, this past Sunday great win for the Niners they're now a full game ahead of the Seahawks for the NFC West division overall I think just the team has been just clicking in all senses I know that the offense is a little bit inconsistent here and there but I think Jimmy G is playing this last month has been playing his probably his best football since he's come to the 49ers since 2017 I'd say the defense hasn't allowed points in the second half in four straight games absolutely unbelievable I know we were a little bit off on the defense um, you know earlier especially in October when they had a couple of bad stretches against Atlanta and the Chiefs, but it really seems like they've bounced back. Um, And, you know, the team overall, especially on the defensive side, I know Armstead and Kinlaw are still out, but we are looking more healthy overall. Uh, What else happened in the game? I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey has looked pretty good overall. I know he didn't have the best game the last couple of weeks, but I honestly think he's been a little bit hurt, and Kyle's been kind of rolling that back. Obviously, the tough news out of this game, uh, not to start off with a negative, but I just thought we'd get this out of the way. Elijah Mitchell with that sprained MCL, six to eight weeks, they were saying it wasn't as bad of, uh, of an injury as it was in the beginning of the season, but it turned out still going to be a killer. So That's one thing I am worried about because CMC has been a little bit rocky health-wise. I know they haven't been using him as much in the second half, so hopefully Jordan Mason will get some more touches, but I'm a little bit concerned about the running running back depth going forward because it seems like at this point, uh, granted, if we make the playoffs, Elijah will come back probably the first wild card, wild card round. But until then, if we lose one of these guys, it's a major concern for the offense because we know how Jimmy is, very inconsistent. But the playmakers overall, Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk had a great game against the Cardinals. um I know we didn't do a pod that game, but that was very encouraging. So that's basically my rundown of the game so far. Just elite defense, absolutely special. This might be the best defense that Kyle has had since, co- since becoming the coach of the 49ers. Still, you know, searching for answers on offense because one week it looks great, the other week it doesn't. Obviously, I know the Saints have a great defense, but it's just something to watch out for as we go down the stretch. And we're kind of in that home stretch right now about, what, five weeks till the playoffs or till the end of the regular season. Sorry. So this month in December is very crucial. But what what are you guys' major takeaways from the Saints game and overall just the last three weeks since we haven't done a pod in a while?
0: Yeah, so for the last two weeks in total, right, like since week eight, the 49ers by DVOA are number one in the entire NFL. Uh, Offensively, they're second and defensively, they're fourth. So that just shows you how well-rounded of a team this is. Obviously, you know, last week, a bit of a struggle on offense. But for me, I'm going to give it a bit of a pass, right? Debo was injured. Like you could see him kind of hobbling around with a hamstring quad injury. Uh, CMC had knee irritation all week, reportedly. They're also coming back on a short week. Playing after playing a divisional game in Mexico City. So travel, short week, didn't get a full practice until Friday. So I'm going to give the offense a bit of a break, but obviously the big story out of the Saints game, just like the Cardinals game, the story was all the offense. This one's got to be the defense, right? This defense is just really incredible. Like every week they seem to do something that makes the previous week's effort look less good, if that's the way to say it. Um, But they've allowed 44 points in that Chiefs game. Since the Chiefs game, they've allowed 40 total points. That's how special this defense has been since that shellacking by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And especially, you know, in the second half, like you said, Ron, they have yet to give up a point, let alone a touchdown, even a field goal in four consecutive games. That's absolutely mind boggling. Like I haven't seen a stretch like that from a defense and for one of my favorite teams in a long time. Right. So obviously, you know, the head of the snake is always going to be Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, but around like around the defense, you're getting production from everywhere. Right. Gibson and Hufunga as a safety duo, I think week 1 or 2 when we did a podcast we were like a little bit like sus about Gibson and Hufanga and coverage but they've just been outstanding i mean Gibson makes open tackles throughout the throughout the field he's second in the NFL in open field tackles that's Gibson not Hufanga and Hufanga every game just seems to make one or two huge plays that change the trajectory of the game right then cornerback's like Mooney Ward has just been exactly what you pay a number one cornerback to be right maybe he's not like prime Darrell Revis or you know, even prime Richard Sherman but he's been really good. Like he does his job. He takes away one side of the field. And you can put him on that side of the field every week, week in and week out, and not be too concerned. Lenoir, after what we saw last year, to see what he's doing this year, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And they've been so good in the secondary that Jimmy Ward has been forced to play out of position because he can't get his safety spot back. Right. So they put him at nickel corner. He's been he's been okay. Like you can see he gets dusted a couple times a game. But that's that's the job at nickel corner. Like a couple of times those slot receivers are gonna get you. And that's okay. Jimmy Ward's doing a good job. Um, obviously, our linebackers it starts with Fred, but Dre and Alshon here have been awesome. And the D line is going to get healthier and healthier. Kinlaw should get off of IR hopefully soon. Hopefully, Javon Kinlaw can stretch together a few weeks of good health. He seems to have the Elijah Mitchell bug where he just can't get on the field. And we know how good he is when he is on the field. So I just hope he can. And Eric Armstead practiced, I think, last week. Hopefully, if he can come back this week against Miami, that'd be huge for this defense right so um that's the one thing is like i think pressures wise it was a little bit less than usual the secondary has been stepping up but if they get Armstead and kinlaw back this defensive line is the best in the nfl as well so just overall for me it's all defense 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 that defense is outstanding offense i gonna give you another week to kind of get it right like you said though jimmy g um i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm still doubt his abilities when the game really gets on the line but you gotta respect what you're seeing right because he's been awesome like, he's doing his job. He's not turning the ball over. Obviously, he did throw one horrible interception, called back, luckily. But th- we're due for one bad Jimmy game. Hopefully, he got that throw out of the way, and we just luckily got it called back. But he's been good, man. No complaints. Uh, get CMC healthy. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, I don't really know what to say anymore. Like, this guy is so good, but he just can't stay on the field, right? That's why, you know, the Jeff Wilson trade, it stung a little bit because, like, you're relying on two running backs whose health has always been a little bit suspect. But hopefully Jordan Mason can step up. You know, you always have Tevin Coleman, worst comes to worst. TDP, you drafted this kid in the third round. I mean, let's see what you got, right? So for me, the offense is a wait-and-see approach. I do think we should talk about the red zone, but I'll let Rishi go first.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think to describe exactly what you guys have said already, offense wins games, defense wins championships, right? That's why we always invest in the first round to defensive ends and defensive line primarily you know you got bosa you got armstead you got all these guys you traded back for some uh you got some x first round picks on your line too now i mean that's that's just what the game plan's always been it's always been to make sure that the defensive line is schmacking and it is um obviously you know i i was lucky to be at the game and you saw the energy of that crowd when there was that uh fred Warner fumble at the one yard line and even fred talked about it after the game and he said you know they were really trying to make this a, a shutout, and I think that's a very important thing to you know for a defense to be able to get a shutout, not only allow not allow any points in the second half, but not allow any points in the game. I mean, granted the offense for the Saints is shaky, is shit to be honest. I mean, you know they've really had a lot of faith in uh, Jameis, and then you know he failed, and Dalton isn't the best quarterback, but you know they still have some weapons. They have Kamara still, they have Chris Olave. I mean, they they have some guys out there that can definitely make plays, and they definitely did have some pretty good catches. But, I mean, you just see the energy in the crowd. You see Niners fans being happy after such a long time. It's it's a really nice sight to see, to be completely honest. Offensively, you know, honestly, the story of the offense is always going to be this, next man up, you know. You saw Jawan Jennings have a great game. I mean, not saying that he's not a great receiver, but he's not the first person you think of when you think about the Niners' offense. In fact, when you saw CMC come into the Niners' Bleacher Report basically showed like a depth chart of the Niners and said, look at all the weapons the Niners have on offense. They had obviously Jimmy, they had CMC, they had Ayuk, they had Kittle, and they had Debo. But nobody said anything about Juwan. He was kind of always the left out guy. And, you know, this game paid dividends. Sure, he had six catches, but I mean, that tip drill, great concentration. He had some great clutch third down catches that, you know, got his first downs. He played his he played his butt off and, you know, proud of him. Next man up mentality. Same thing with Jordan Mason, right? He had some clutch. He's the guy who iced the game. I mean, obviously they put CMC back in there to do it, but they trust him. The Niners, Shanahan clearly has a plan for him. And I know we were excited during the offseason, during preseason when we saw this kid, um, you know, make our team, make our practice squad, because we all knew he was something special and he, and he showed that to us in the preseason game. So, you know, all about the next man up mentality, all about seeing what this offense can do. I agree with Ashrin that, you know, we put 30 plus against the Cardinals and now you're barely putting up 13. And yes, yeah, Saints defense is better relatively than the cardinals but at the same time you know i mean it's i don't know i'm still hesitant just like goshman um but you know as long as the defense keeps killing it like i said offense wins games defense wins championships let's go get one baby
0: for me it's like always it's about this like mentality that they have right like i know World cups going on but like in soccer they always talk about like mentality 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 right like in a midfield like your mentality should always be to be high pressing like press the lines get interceptions like that's what they talk about in soccer for for this defense the mentality you can see is like get pressure get pressure get pressure without blitzing that's always been their mentality under D'Amico Ryans and even under Sala as well like pressure without blitzing pressure without blitzing but that mentality didn't always work because our secondary was kind of weak last year right like as soon as Barrett went out and Mosley was injured here in in and out of the lineup right like we had like Ambry Thomas and uh, Josh Norman right those guys were not getting the job done like PIs constant PIs constantly giving up yards over the middle of the field now you can see the mentalities like pressure with blitzing but also this lockdown. right when you have that mentality and you can get pressure and blitz you can drop seven into coverage like you just become an elite team immediately defensively so for me like this defense just keeps leveling up man it's awesome to see this is a huge test though coming up
1: and that's the thing right when you talk about uh the secondary coverage obviously last season we were getting guys off the streets who are basically our number one corners, like guys like Josh Norman, um, you know, Drake Kirkpatrick. But this year, you know, you have that, Hufanga has taken a major step up. You get Mooney Ward. Jimmy Ward is still great. Obviously, you know, in the slot, he's not wonderful, but that's just the kind of situation we're in now that Mosley is hurt. Womack and Lenora have stepped up. So that's what I'm saying. Even though Bosa and that rest of the D-line is really, really, really good, we're not relying on them as much this year because, there isn't as much need for pressure when your secondary can still cover, right? I know Bofanga sometimes gets beat um, by receivers, but in coverage, he's a little bit mid, but I'd say like overall, he's just taking a huge step up and we have the corners, we have the safeties to get the job done. One thing I will say about the red zone, I just want to compare both the defense and the offense. So for example, the defense, right? Twice in that Saints game, they had those turnovers. Uh, the Saints, I think, believe, went for it on fourth and goal and then Kamara fumbled, Twice, right so and but then if you compare that to our offense just can't get it done in the red zone you know we've had so many instances especially these last three weeks even though they have been winning the games the most frustrating part is that i keep seeing the same game on offense where they just cannot convert in the red zone i don't know what it is but they just clam up and just can't get the ball 10 5 10 yards in into the into the touchdown so that's something which i believe will come back to bite them if they end up going deep into the playoffs. And if they don't fix this problem, you can't keep scoring field goals against good teams. And like Ashwin said, this is a great test. Um, You know, this Sunday against the Dolphins, who are scoring, I believe, 30 points per game, which is one of the, I think, if not the highest, top three highest in the NFL right now. So it's a very potent offense. I know the defense is great, but you got to score points to keep up with this team. Um, And that's one thing I want to talk about in the preview, how the pace of that game is going to be. So it's just interesting comparing the red zone defense, the the red zone comparison of our defense versus our offense because our defense always not always but ninety percent of the time has come through in the red zone stopping, you know, getting big stops, making it a field goal instead of a touchdown, getting a turnover. But our offense, instead of a touchdown, it'll be a field goal. So it's just kind of frustrating seeing that again and again, especially when you have guys so many weapons. We know Debo, Kittle IU, CMC, and Kyle can't scheme anything up or Jimmy can't make a play or just there's just drops in the end zone like IU had a couple of weeks ago. I forgot if it was against the Chargers or I don't know if you, you guys remember that. But that's just something which is frustrating for me. So we'll see if they can clean that up. I don't have much hope because we're all like what? We're three-fourths of the way through a season. And this issue has come up again and again. So, But like I said, this this week will be a good test.
2: Also, adding on to that. I mean, look at the games that we've played so far, right? I mean, you played teams like the Rams, who have one great receiver in Cup, right? Clearly, I mean, at least at that point. You have, you know, the Chargers, they were pretty banged up. They basically only had Keenan Allen. Um, Saints pretty much only have Olave and Kamara. But, like, all these teams that we've played, one common theme is that they only have one receiver. For the most part, that's, like, amazing, at least. The others might be good, but there's one always amazing, you look at the Dolphins, they have two top five receivers in Waddle and in Tyreek Hill. I mean, now, and and you know, these guys aren't just like shifty. They're fast. Like, we all know how fast Tyreek Hill is. We all know how athletic he is. Waddle has great hands, great speed, great athleticism. He might not be the tallest guy, but, you know, these guys are top five receivers, two top five receivers. And it's going to be a very interesting test to see how much our defense can stop them. Because I'm going to be honest, as much as I love our defense, as much we'll get pressure and stuff like that. They will score and they can potentially even score in bunches. The question is, can Jimmy and the offense and Shanahan, because as we all know, and we've, we've all pointed this out at some point or the other, but sometimes Shanahan is pretty conservative with his play call. Will he open the book and will he say, Hey, we have to do what it takes to win. And if that means making these plays, these deep plays that we have to do it, that that's the million dollar question for this week.
1: So, so before Ashton goes, I just want to, this is a good transition to the dolphins game. You know, I think we've, uh, covered the Saints game pretty well so far. But before we kind of get into the Dolphins preview, I just want to talk about some of the off-field stuff a little bit because I feel like that kind of adds to the storyline of this game. Obviously we know Mike Metanios was a longtime assistant for Shannon, followed him all around, even when Shannon was an assistant coach with the Falcons, with the Browns, um, you know, with the Redskins, now the Commanders. That is part of the storyline. So I want to see how those two coaches match up. And again, Another major story coming out this week is um I believe Moster did a did a sit-down interview with I I don't know if it was a Dolphins beat reporter, but he had a couple of comments about the team. You know, he felt that he was disrespected by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, when they traded him, um, you know, he, he felt like even with the injury concerns, they didn't give him a fair shot. He felt like the the news went to the media before he got a call. And then he also took a couple of shots at our offense where, you know, he said that we have the better team here. Um, our quarterback can actually sling the ball, you know, all, you know, that, that second part is probably true, but, um, and then he came out, I believe a few days later saying that, you know, this is complete clickbait. I never said any of this. I gave props to Jimmy, but two us still elite too. So just want to hear your guys' initial thoughts on that, because that just kind of builds into the drama. And we know that the dolphins have a lot of former 49ers, you know, most are Jeff Wilson, Trent Sherfield. And they also have a lot of our coaches. You know, Wes Welker is there. Obviously, Mike McDaniel is there. So this is a very interesting game, both
0: on and off the field. So uh, I think Raheem Mostert is injured. So I don't know like, what he's talking about. Like, yeah. dude, you're not really yeah. playing. I, so, I think he's questionable to play, but I know he didn't play last week. But I think he might
1: this
2: week. And- so, you're, uh, hello Jeff.
0: so you're complaining about the 49ers not taking care of you injury-wise, but you're injured. So, like... I, I don't really understand. Um, Raheem Mostert bounced around the NFL for a long time, right? He got his chance with the 49ers. He seized the opportunity, man. He was awesome, right? Like I love the guy. He went to Purdue, right? So he, he was awesome. Like, he carried us to an NFC Championship game win. He had 200-plus yards, three touchdowns. Jimmy threw the ball seven times because they could not stop this dude, right? So he's awesome. Like, I love Raheem Mostert. Love Jeff Wilson Jr. as well. You know, great guys, great running backs. That being said, I will take our weapons, you know? um that might be kind of sound insane to to say out loud they have two great receivers they have mike isekia as a tight end we have one really great receiver one really good receiver one amazing tight end one amazing running back two when uh elijah mitchell's playing and we have an elite third down receiver so for me personally i'm gonna take our array of weapons right that being said i do kind of agree with them i think two against the ball a little bit better so but for me like where he most are talking like all it all it adds for our offense is juice Right, like you just need more energy from our offense. We've been asking for this for weeks. They had it in the Cardinals game. They didn't have it on on Sunday against the Saints, which leads me back to the red zone. Right, the Dolphins are number one in red zone efficiency in the NFL. The Forty Nine ers are near the bottom of the league, so that's what the game's going to come down to. It reminds me eerily of the Chiefs game. The Chiefs kept scoring. They kept scoring touchdowns. They didn't settle for field goals. The Niners settled for field goals early. We could not take advantage of the Chiefs when we had them on the ropes. And that's why we let them back into the game. And then at that point, Mahomes is usually going to outscore you. That's kind of how it works. So for me, this pay, like Roland said, the pace of the game is very important, right? Miami tends to strike early and often, right? In the first quarter and second quarter, they are the number one offense in the NFL. The 49ers are somewhere in the middle of the pack in, the first, in the first quarter, second quarter efficiency. Obviously, we know what our defense is in the second half, right? So the Dolphins' second half offense is kind of bad. They've only outscored teams by 10 points the entire season in the second half. So you can get them in the second half, but you don't want to fall behind too early because we know our offense can't cover in the red zone. So it's like a very, very interesting game, like from an off the field perspective with all the X coordinators on their side. But for me, it's like all about on the field. Like this is a, this is going to be a chess match, chess matchup, epic proportions. You got Kyle versus Mike McDaniel, but you also got Mike McDaniel versus D'Amico Ryans, the matchup of our two coordinators from last year. Right. So it's going to be a really sick game. There's a ton of talent on the field on Sunday Right from from quarterback, maybe actually the one of the worst positions on the field on Sunday. All right, Jimmy and Tua. I think you can make comparisons there. I think Tua is more accurate. I think Tua is a quicker decision maker, and he's probably a better decision maker. He's obviously just a little bit more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, this guy went to this guy went to Bama. He played with elite weapons at Bama. Played with an elite offensive line. Now he has elite weapons in in Miami, so he can just kind of do his Bama thing. And Tua is great. I've always been a fan of Tua. Um, Jimmy is probably not on the same level as him but jimmy can get the job done we've seen him do it right so there's we- there's weapons everywhere i think them i don't know if we're going to go full preview like right now so i'll let you guys go but for me like the thing is just find a way to score in the red zone because if you can't then you're gonna lose this game right you have so many weapons in the red zone brandon Ayuk is a separator he gets separation in the red zone he runs the nastiest wiggle routes and stuff in the red zone but it just, it. I don't know what it is. I think first down, I always see like some kind of poor play design. We're just like, it's just some weak, like weak run or some weak screen. Second down, then you're in a tough situation. Second down and goal, let's run it again. Let's try to get closer. And then third down, Garoppolo's got to make a decision or you run the ball into the offensive line on third down. So it's a little bit concerning. Uh, I also think the offensive line against the Saints was pretty piss poor. I don't mean to be brash, but like, it was pretty bad. Um, aaron banks after having an amazing season just gave up like seven pressures something like that so they got to be better because the miami front front four is, is decent i mean they added bradley chubb they have melvin ingram right so you got to find a way to limit the pressure on garoppolo if you give him time he can do stuff man you saw it in the cardinals game they were getting no pressure and jimmy was dicing him up so when you have weapons of this magnitude if you just give your quarterback a little bit of pre- a little bit of time to develop a rhythm you can get going you can score with them so we'll see what happens going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait for it. Um, I'm sure I will be miserable watching it like I am every week, not enjoy a second of it. But hopefully they just win, so I'm happy. But, uh, yeah, uh, you guys can go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys covered a lot of what I was going to say, but let me give you some specifics that I saw from the NFL Network today. So Mike McDaniels has coached with Shanahan for 14 seasons. This was over Houston, Washington, Cleveland, um, Atlanta, and SF. Right. Five different teams. Right. And then not only that, but the Miami Dolphins have scored 30 points in four straight games and the 49ers haven't given up any second half points in four straight games. So like you said, Ashwin, I think the perfect way to describe this is a chess match and to realize that, you know, this is our best versus going their best. Um, In terms of the comment, I personally do think that especially this year Tua is a better quarterback than Jimmy, Um, you know, accuracy. He's younger, he's athletic. He can run out of the pocket Uh, concussions might have given him a little scare on that end, but I mean, they're two as a better quarterback than Jimmy in my opinion. I I don't think that's too much of a debate right there. But the one thing I will say is the Miami defense hasn't looked great. You know, I mean, especially after the addition of Chubb and stuff, you would assume them to be like a top five defense because, you know, they
0: definitely score on them. Without a doubt, you can score on them.
2: Yeah. And I mean, Xavier Howard, who's supposedly their best secondary, finally got a pick (laughs) last game. Right. And this was against a Texans team. That wasn't even, were they even starting Davis Mills? I don't even think so, right? Uh, Kyle Allen started. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you see what I mean? Maybe that's the juice he needed, but, like, this is a very scorable defense, which does lead me to think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. With Just like you said, our weapons, their weapons. I mean, it's, it's going to be high-scoring, but just like you said, I think, I don't know what it is about the red zone. We're just allergic to it. It's kind of scary to see, like, because, I mean, when you play like a team like the Chiefs or the Bills in the playoffs, hopefully in the Super Bowl, right? Like, or any team like that, any team of that caliber. There's only, like, three or four teams that can hang up there. Like, you're going to have to score points in bunches. And field goals, yes, he's good as gold, but we don't need gold. We need fucking touchdowns, right? It's very frustrating to see. I mean, you know, like, the Saints are not a great defense. I would argue the Dolphins' defense is better than the Saints' defense.
0: Mm, I don't know. I think the Saints'
2: defense is better.
1: I think they have a better play caller d on defense Saints defense i think is definitely yeah, better. i'd say know. they're they're probably a top five defense when they're healthy they didn't have uh what's his name more on latimore exactly and, you know but, but that's it and they got I, i'd like, say I, i'd say miami's front four is pretty good you know they have Jalen phillips uh what's the name wilkins too
0: yeah um and, then and are Ingram and chubb
1: yeah yeah so they they do have a pretty good defense i say yeah. i obviously I'm looking at the rankings right now, like overall, like this season they've been kind of mid, even though they have the talent. Um right. so
2: they leveraged yeah. their entire future for, for Chubb.
1: Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. gave up they, they gave
2: also- up they gave up our first round pick for Chubb and then they extended him for three years, I believe, three or four years, something like that.
0: Also, you know, like their weakness is at the linebacker area and the secondary. So, right. So Kyle, if he can take advantage of McCaffrey skills of going ISO against the linebacker, hopefully that's where you just kind of pray CMC's healthy, right? Like but that's if you a- have them, then.
2: We had it even for this game. I don't know if you remember, there's a play in this game where McCaffrey ran a uh, wheel route
0: yeah he didn't hit him man yeah.
2: overthrew him 10 yards and and that's the common thing that we always see right like overthrowing use check by like tw- like 20 yards above him giving kittle yeah. injury board uh injury balls right like we've seen this in previous seasons before and that's my I-, I think he's been playing well man like
0: i don't know i, I know you were at the game and you're saying like oh this throws like looked- i actually thought jimmy was fine like you know like he was facing some serious pressure like it wasn't like jimmy had like a clean pocket to throw and like do whatever he wanted against the saints like they were up in his face like he got hit in the head twice he almost tore his ACL. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that. That was, yeah. like, very scary. Like, I mean, for all, like, you rag on the guy. If he's injured, like, it's done. Like, if you don't want to put Rock Purdy out there. Rock Purdy? So, like, <laughs> you really, like, I, I really just think it just comes down to having a clean pocket. Because with the weapons that we have, if you can limit Miami's front four and make their secondary, you have to guard George Kittle, Debo, Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey. Ray Ray McLeod even got, has, has been kind of decent in the past couple weeks then like, you know, I think we can score on them. So that's
2: where it just comes down to being able to score in the red zone. Because I know we can move the ball down the field. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the only thing that's left now is to decide what do we think the score is going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game personally. I think they're both scoring 30 plus if we can somehow get red zone plays to work. But I think it's going to be a close scoring, high, close and high scoring game. And I think it's going to be 33-30. Robbie Gold walk off kick in the fourth quarter.
1: You know, so we are at home, right? So I think we're four points favorite, favorites right now. So Vegas is basically saying this is essentially a pick because you get three points for being at home, right? I don't think it's going to be as high scoring because I feel like our defense is going to hold up even though, you know, they have Tyreek, they have Waddle. I think Miami's running games to be pretty good even though most out. They still have, you know, Jeff Wilson, obviously. So I'm going to say that our defense will hold them to about 20, under. I'd say under 25 points. Which, you know, I know that Miami is scoring 30 points a game on average, but we still, I think we have the best defense in the league right now. Um, I know pass defense, we're we're still in the top 10, but we're not as elite as we are in rush defense, obviously, right? But the main thing is, can they get pressure on Tua? And can uh, our linebackers, you know, Fred, Aziz, Greenlaw, play well enough where they don't give up any chunk plays? I think we're going to end up giving up one big play to either Tyreek or Waddle. One of the corners is going to get burned, and I think Kufanga is going to be a step slow. But Fred has been absolutely amazing for us, so I'm hoping he can keep up that play, and I think we're going to limit them to under 25 points. I'm going to say 27-24. My only concern with this is just how the Niners play in the red zone offensively, because I think our defense has shown that they're good enough to keep up. Obviously, you know, they had a tough time against the Chiefs, but... I really feel like they're coming into form right now, and they were already playing super well before the Chiefs game. Other than a couple games here and there, our defense has been absolutely elite, so I'm going to keep trusting in that. I'm um, just hoping the offense can put up some points. I think they need at least three to four touchdowns to compete with this uh, Miami team. So I'm going to say 27-24 uh, Niners. Uh,
0: I think like the game script you'll see is like kind of what decides the game Like early on. right? Like If, if Miami is scoring in chunks early, and they're taking advantage of our defense early, And we can't get pressure, and two is just slinging the ball around. It could get like 17 to three ugly, like really quickly. Right. And that's where that's what you want to avoid. Like, you don't want to score field goals early. You want to get those early touchdowns. If you need to kick field goals late in the game when the game gets tight and like things get, things get like a little bit tense, that's fine. Like, Rob, you have Robbie Gold, you can depend on him. Uh, For me, I just think like we're kind of due for a loss. I, I mean, I don't mean that in like a, you know, oh, how could they win five in a row? Like, that's impossible in the modern NFL. It's it's definitely possible. I mean, if my fantasy team just won six games in a row, anything's possible in football, right? so But I do think Miami's going to win. I think it's going to be 28, 24, maybe something around that. I just think Miami's offense is a little bit too good right now, and I don't trust our offense to score with them with Elijah out, uh, Debo limping around, limited at practice, CMC having knee irritation. If all things are healthy and this is a Super Bowl game, I'm picking the Niners all day, any day against anybody. Right, But I do think Miami's kind of on a roll. Uh, they're undefeated when Tua plays a full game, by the way. So they're eight and zero when Tua has played every snap. So uh, that's a really, really good team., uh, you know we had that Ravens uh, Dolphins debate a couple weeks ago. um I was wrong. It's definitely the Dolphins, right? You and Rishi were 100 percent correct. Uh, Shere will probably stick to his guns and, you know, uh sorry, me and Rishi were wrong. I think uh, Schres and Rowan werehres with the rare correct prediction. Um, But, yeah, the Dolphins are really good, man. Uh, So, uh, you know, as long as we hang with them, I just want to see some good football. It's been a while. You know, the Saints game was not a great game. Uh, Cardinals game, they just stink, like I've been telling you guys for weeks. But uh, it's going to be a good game. I do think the Dolphins will win, but I don't think it's going to be a bad loss. I think it's going to be one of those losses where you come out and you think, like, okay, the Niners are good, man. Like, we'll be fine. That's the thing. As long as we don't get dog walked, I'm just – Yeah. And, you know, like, they've got a tough stretch, like this this four-game stretch where you get Dolphins – uh, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders. I do think they'll lose one of those four, and I think this will be the one, and I, I feel good about the rest of the three. So. Also,
2: I, I think you mentioned one thing that's very important, Ashwin. Um, Shreyas finally made a good prediction. Um, <laughs> I know Shreyas isn't here today, but I know when he listens to the pod, I want to tell you sincerely from the bottom of my heart, and I said <laughs> this two weeks ago, that I don't think you will win, but if Shreyas says so, then I'm pretty confident. And, you know, I, I just want to say thank you so much, Shreyas. <laughs> uh believing in my team, um, we won. So thank you so much. I think Ashwin, I, I think he also is you something, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Go Purdue. Um, we already beat Trace one one of Trace's teams. Um that yeah, was Purdue fun. in the Big Ten Championship this week. We got now we gotta go against another one of Trace's teams, which are heavy favorite. So I'm sure he, when they win, I'm sure he'll be talking shit even though they're like <laughs> six <laughs> to one favorite. On the off chance that the spoiler makers get it done, beat another ranked <laughs> opponent while unranked. Uh, I have nothing to say. So I'll just <laughs> drop the score line and leave the chat. <laughs> we,
1: we we need we need to, you know, pick Michigan again this week because he's the fade uh, god. Yeah. Um, every pick. By he, the way, really quickly,
0: is... um, just about the game again. Um, 79% of public money is on the over and 81% of the money is on the dolphin spread. So keep that in mind. Okay.
1: Okay. Fade the public thing. Interesting. interesting, interesting. That's yeah, where we will I like
0: under a lot like Rohan does as well. I like the under. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That line is pretty high. What's the what's the line? I think it's 47 and a half. Oh, okay. We're just gonna I, keep going up, I think. Sharps are gonna try to take advantage of that. I could I could see a 24-20 game if the Niners don't get just destroyed by uh Tua. The but that's was, the big you question. Guys, you just here. gotta limit them early, man. I'm telling you. The first mm-hmm. quarter is when they do their killing. I will turn on every Dolphins game at like 10 25 a.m. or like 1 for you guys. It'll be like 14 to 3. I'm like, what? how do they have 14 points already aren't they, they a really
1: good third quarter team as well
0: they're like a they're a very bad fourth quarter team okay. so they they but i mean with the way they've been playing it's just that they're up like they're up so much where they, they just take their foot off the gas a little bit yeah i think they had their backups
1: in a third quarter i mean obviously it's the texans but you know that just shows how fast like usher said they can get out to a start and just they're just an kill you even before the first half's over.
0: Very efficient offense. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's like watching like the KD Warriors at work. Like every single time they go down the field, oh, yeah. It's a little forward.
1: bit. It's a little bit too.
0: You don't think so, dude? I feel like the I mean, way the KD the, the, Warriors yeah, was like generation eight weeks right? that two has been playing. I mean,
1: it's just been insane. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anytime anyone compares anything to the KD Warriors, you just gotta <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. But you know, I think it'll be a good game. Obviously, looking forward to it. Great right, it's been cheap, for the Niners. Passes. Is that fair yeah. to say? Chiefs, yeah.
0: Sure. yeah sure. Definitely.
1: So we'll, we will see how it goes, hoping for a 9 to win. But kind of like Oshman said, you know, they've won, what, four in a row now? Um, so they've been stacking the wins. This is the time they really need to run the table because I'll be honest, no one in the NFC fears me. Again, this wouldn't be a terrible loss for them to take because it is an AFC game and a very good opponent. So we will see how it goes. But moving on to the rest of the league, we'll do a little bit of state of the league talk. Obviously a lot has changed in the last three weeks since we've done a pod. But you know, the Philly is still good. The Chiefs are still very good. Buffalo has been very on and off. Um, and I think they're in danger of losing this division if Miami is actually legit. And the Von top Miller five in injury. sorry.
2: And the Von Miller injury. I mean, he's yeah. an ACL tear, but it's it's still an undisclosed. I think it's what's,
1: what's, ACL- the, what's the report?
2: It's still undisclosed, but it's not an ACL tear—at least not fully. But I do think he might have sprained his ACL, and that could mean he could potentially be out for the season. I mean, they're paying him what fifty over—it was something crazy. It was over five years. What was it?
1: Yeah. I don't remember the contract, but it was—it was something big, and it was he's like
2: hundred million over five years or something like that, right? Something crazy. Is just hold him out to the playoffs. I I don't know because if your ACL is that irritated. Just like Wilson, right? I mean, A, you can't put pressure on it that much. So as a linebacker, when you're sprinting side to side, running in the box, running out of the box, whatever you need to do, very, very difficult, especially when you're cutting and stuff like that. And B, you tear it now. I mean, look at Odell, right? Still doesn't have a job, and it's December. Yeah. February.
1: That's, yeah, the that's the a year. Definitely something to watch out for, especially if you know this is supposed to be the Bills year, but if that Von Miller injury is actually pretty serious, what we think it is, it's going to be pretty hard for them in the playoffs going forward. And it, honestly, Josh Allen has thrown a crazy amount of interceptions these last three weeks, especially. But I think he might be like top three or top five leading the league in interceptions, which is not what you he want to do. Arm, bro.
2: It's, it's the arm. I'm I'm telling you, once your once your UCL is hurting like that, it's it doesn't feel right. This throwing mechanic. Is, he number, he, is he
0: number one in picks?
1: Is he? I thought he was top three. I might be wrong. I think that, he was. That's- that's pretty bad. I His mean
2: mechanics don't look good. I mean, he needs to rest that thing.
1: Yeah, I think can't at this rest, point.
0: <laughs>
2: can't yeah. rest. They don't and even they're not even in first of the division anymore.
0: So
1: the Bills aren't in a great spot. Um, so here's the thing, right? With the power rankings this week, uh, this is from NFL.com, they have Philly at one, Chiefs at two, Niners at three, Cowboys at four, Bills at five. So I just want to just briefly say that. Um obviously we can talk about playoff picture, but I think that's a pretty fair take on the top five right now. Obviously, you know, the bills have had a couple of bad losses, but I still think that when I, any team should be, you know, feared by the bills. Right. So I just think that at at this point right now, I know that the bills aren't leading the division, but if Miami can have a great big win against the Niners this week, I think they will definitely jump up to the top five, maybe even top three. But what are you guys basically initial reactions from that? Maybe some, we can do some playoff picture talk. Um,
2: yeah. Look, I mean, I love the Niners. I have been a fan. I will always be a fan. But I think the Cowboys should be above us. Not going to lie. I mean, especially after that schmacking that they gave to the Vikings. I mean, that's the number two seed in the NFC right now. And they beat them by 37 on Thanksgiving or like yeah. after, like right before something like that. But 37 points, the number two seed. And it's not like the Vikings are really hurting that much. They have everyone. They had Jay Jettas. But Jay Jettas was shut down. And that's crazy. Man, he was
0: shut down. Kirk doesn't throw it to him. That's, like if you just go look at the all twenty like, two, that he was dusting Trayvon Diggs. But that's just you know. Sad.
2: But, but that's semantics, right? I mean, if, if he doesn't throw to him, it doesn't matter yeah. how far you dust him. He can be yeah. twenty yards ahead of the closest defender. If you don't throw the ball to him, then that's that's doesn't matter for crap, right? Yeah. But I mean, they also beat the Giants, which I mean, I will continue to say they're frauds. But you know they're still showing.
1: I, I agree. But yeah
2: they're still showing life but they but they're beating contenders very easily i mean yeah sure the giants game was a little closer close for comfort and yeah they like barely lost to the packers but but i i think they're a better team than us straight up and i think that you know if we do face them against in the playoffs it'll be a fun game to watch but i think they should be above us
0: so for me i would i would i would rank it like this i'd go chiefs 1 eagles 2 uh, cowboys 3 niners 4 dolphins 5 and then the bills at 6 Right, so I, I don't know if that's a hot take to put the Dolphins with the Bills. I just think the Dolphins are really cruising, right? If it's a power ranking, like they say it is, right now the Dolphins are a better team than the Bills, right? The Bills I don't think the Bills could score with the Dolphins right now, um, and the Dolphins could definitely score in the Bills. I promise you that. So like for me, the Dolphins are just a little bit better, and I agree with you. I think the Cowboys are just a little bit better than us right now. I think offensively they're a little bit better. Their rush, their run game is better. Um, Pollard being in the in the mix in the run game. Is a big difference maker for them. Um, they don't have the weapons that we do though at the receiver spot. But CD's playing out of his mind, he's playing really well. Michael Gallup is finally healthy, looks like it. Um, he did have a pretty bad like mistake that gave up an interception a couple weeks ago. But he's good, he man, he's he's ready, he's ready to play. And uh the, the Cowboys are a great team. Um, that being said, I just think they're they're soft. I think when push comes to shove, they'll make mistakes that we won't make, they'll have penalties that we won't make. It's, at the end of the day, it's a Mike McCarthy coach team, right? So they're, indis- they're indisciplined. They will make mistakes. Um, I do see a lot of Micah Parsons for DPOI buzz. Um, that's bullshit. It's Nick Bosa. Um, I don't want to get into all that because, you know, we're not a Cowboys fan to argue the Micah side. But for me, the Cowboys defense is really, really nasty. And their offense is just a little bit better than ours. So for me, I would definitely go Cowboys at three. And then Philly and uh, Kansas City. I think Kansas City has to be number one Uh, until proven otherwise. They have to be number one, right? Philly, we've seen some, some like little bit of like hiccups the past couple weeks. I think that the Colts game was very, very weird. I haven't really seen that offense look like that in a while. Obviously, the commies went in there and they kind of messed them up. And then this week, the Packers they were scoring on them easily. So they have they have a white safety. No offense to white people, but anytime I see a white safety on the field, besides Harrison Smith. Uh, I get a little bit suspect about your defense. Yeah, there's, there's been very few, so. <laughs> but I just want to
1: briefly, you know, while we're on the topic of you know playoffs and stuff, just read you guys out the playoff picture for so for the NFC right now, one through seven. This is how it is: Eagles, Vikings, Niners, Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. So all four NFC East teams right now are in um in the playoffs right now as we're I think two thirds of the way, a little over two thirds of the way of the season, and then you have the Seahawks at eight and the Falcons at nine I'm gonna say that the Seahawks I feel like the Seahawks will end up sneaking in over the commanders it's just me right now and then for the EFC we have the Chiefs Dolphins Titans Ravens Bills Bengals and Jets right off the bat let me just say what what my initial thoughts of of that are NFC no one really fears me in that um seven teams like I think the Niners can go against anyone in that uh, argue with me if I'm wrong, and with the cheat with the AFC. Sorry, I think the Bengals are going to end up stealing the division from the Ravens when push comes to shove, and I think the Jets fall out to either the Patriots or the Chargers. And I, I know we haven't really talked about the Jets, but God, Zach Wilson, he looks horrendous. He's got to be like the worst quarterback. He's got to be the worst quarterback in the league right now. Um, you know, I know they had that kind of win against the Bears, but it, not, yeah, the Bears, but if it was Mike White versus Trevor Simeon, so. I'm gonna say the Jets end up falling out of this playoff picture when when it comes down to it, and I think probably the Chargers will probably take it or the or the Patriots. I'd say the Chargers over, but with regards to the NFC, I think it's great because I don't. I think the Niners, as long as they're, I don't want to. I don't want them to be a seven seed, but if they win the division, and they have a first, a home game in that wildcard spot. I will take the Giants. I will take the Commanders. I would even take Seattle at home against us really no one's looking very fearful right now so that's just how the playoff picture is looking right now but any initial thoughts off of those seven rankings from each conference
0: uh so just looking at it right like if you go through contenders and pretenders for each conference i'd say let's just start with the afc cuz it's a little bit less important for us uh the chiefs obviously command uh contenders dolphins are contenders who's three wrong the the titans the Titans, I would say, are pretenders, but I do think they can give someone a scare in the first round. Um, then the, the Ravens are Ravens, at four. Yeah, the Ravens the are pretenders. Bills uh, at five. Bengals are five. The Bills are five. Bengals six. Okay, for me, the Bills and Bengals are both contenders. Uh, I think for sure contenders. You see the way Burrow's playing right now. I think it's going mm-hmm. flying super under the radar. Like and Jamar's uh, coming back. Jamar's coming back next week. Yeah, so like the Bengals, I think are just rolling at the right time. They remind me of the Niners a lot right now right where their defense like obviously their defense is not as good as ours, but their defense is good and their offense is really coming into shape and once jamar's back they're going to get on a roll and i can just feel it i can feel burrow in a high leverage situation wildcard weekend playing either the titans or the ravens and just kind of just just going off and i i really love Joe burrow I believe in that guy i know he can get the job done when necessary um for me like you said i do think the jets are going to get in bro like, I don't see them as a team that's going to fall. I don't, I don't know about this. Like, they have a good run game. They have good weapons. And they have a really, really good defense. So, for but me, as long as, White, yeah, exactly. as long as Mike White doesn't screw up too much, getting rid of Zach is addition by subtraction. You get that bad vibes off the field. He's kind of just like, blah. like bleh. Get, get, get like yeah, it seems like a team cancer,
1: honestly. No one really yeah. seems to like him.
0: Yeah, he's like a rich kid that just has never faced adversity in his life. And right now, he has no idea how to handle it. Right, I'm not saying I'm not one of those kids, but like, like you know, like Jack Wilson. No, was, it's it's different. I agree.
1: Like, I I know I I know we we both listen to uh, you know, the Heyerman Middlecoff podcast. They were talking about this, you know. Who was Just said this. I don't said, remember who. Was. I don't remember who it was either. But they, it was Booger. It was, Booger. it was Booger. Yeah, it was Booger, it
2: was Booger and yeah. Steve Young. Yeah, or no, yeah.
1: I know one of them. But honestly, if you look at that,
2: right, that comment
1: honestly makes a
2: lot of sense like the way he kind of
1: acts post-game you know he had the comment against when they lost to the what is it the, the Patriots or the Steelers yeah or the but but uh he was just like yeah I don't think our the offense let us let the defense down and the defense gave up three points and the special teams gave up a late touchdown to the Patriots so that's I don't a, know a, with that kind of vibes I just feel like I can't accept the Jets to sneak into the playoffs as good as their defense is they also they don't have Brees Hall. James Robinson was a DNP last week. I don't know what's up with that after they traded for him. So I, mean, I know Saul has been pretty good um, as a what second year coach now or third year. Sorry. A second second year. Year. But I don't know. Rishi, what do you think? I, I just feel like the Jets. I'm not I'm not feeling them right now. Sneaking in at that seventh spot. I'd rather take Herbert and the Chargers in that spot.
2: So I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. And my I have one hot NFC take, which I know you guys are going to rip to shreds. But, you know, I'm going to give it anyway because, worst case, I eat my words later. Chiefs are going to be fine. Dolphins are going to be fine. Titans are going to be fine. I I even think the Ravens will be fine just because there's not too much competition in that division. Um, I mean, they're going to— They're in the division. I know, but they're either going to make the playoffs as a wild card or as— Yeah, a- they'll they're- be in. They'll be in the playoffs. When I say no competition, Bills will make the playoffs— Assuming Josh Allen isn't just destroyed, his arm isn't destroyed, Bengals will make it. I, I also agree that I think the Chargers would make it over the Jets, um, especially with their team becoming healthier. And you know, you know, you get Mike White, I think that's his name, right? Mike White. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has one great game in the rain. I mean, respect to him coming in, like, no no hate to him, but like, like come on, you're you're gonna play a harder teams. You're playing the Vikings this week, the Chargers are playing the Raiders, like Yes, the Raiders helped us out last <laughs> week. The Raiders helped us. Josh Jacobs helped us last week by, you know, beating the Seahawks in overtime, respected them. But, like, at the same time, I mean, you have to look at strength of schedule. You have to look at healthier teams versus teams that are getting more hurt. Um, Zach Wilson is healthy, but he's hurting them in different ways, just like you guys mentioned. I, I don't – I think the Chargers get the seventh seed. Um, for the NFC, I got the Eagles, fine. Vikings, fine. Niners will make it. Um now comes my hotter take. I don't think the Bucks are going to win their division. The team Ooh. that I think is going to win that division is also not the Falcons. It is actually Carolina. The it is the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, God. It Seems like a hot take. I mean, Sam Darnold. Know, hey, all I'm saying is, look, the Bucks are four and eight, right? The Falcons are four <laughs> and seven. The Panthers are four. Ooh, and the
1: Bucks eight. are five and six. The Bucks. I oh, mean, yeah, so the Bucks Panthers are, are four and eight.
2: The, the Bucks are five and six. The Falcons are five and seven. The Panthers are four and eight, right? And the Saints are four and eight. They're like all within a game of each other, right? It's it's nothing that crazy. And and I told you guys this at the beginning of the season. This is the season where all of the legends that we grew up seeing are going to pass it on to the next generation. And and we saw that this week with Green Bay, for example. I don't know if the
1: next generation is Sam Darnold, though. But
2: I'll
1: be <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean... I, I I get what you mean. No, no, I get what you mean, but. <laughs>
2: Like, here's the thing, right? Brady is missing a step. It's pretty obvious. I know that Austin and Shreyas were talking about it this morning in the chat about how he could potentially want to go back to New England or whatever it is, like beefing with the coach, whatever the heck it is, right? He doesn't look the same, not especially not after the divorce, especially not after the season in general, before the divorce, right? Rodgers got benched. Rodgers got benched. Come on. Even okay, with that logic, Aaron Donald is hurt too. He's gonna miss his first game ever. But okay. there's a reason, right? I mean, love is love may start this week, and this this might be it for Rodgers' tenure in Green Bay. I genuinely think so. But with that being said, like, you know, I I really think the Panthers have been playing well. And I think the Panthers, you know, they lost the Ravens, but they put up a good fight against them. Thirteen points yeah. to the Ravens. They beat the Broncos by 13. Yeah, they have to play the Seahawks, which in Seattle could be least. hard. But then they have the Steelers, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Saints, which I think are very winnable games, and I think that'll help them sneak in. Then I think, you know, uh, Cowboys will obviously make it. Um, Giants are pretenders. I think Washington moves up to that sixth seed, and I think that Seattle moves up to that seventh seed. So... So I'm not gonna rip your
0: take to shreds like that. I would. I think
2: anything is possible in the division. Like, I don't
0: think there's any good team in that division. But I, I just I don't know. Like you know, I don't even want to make a prediction because every time I, every time I think Brady's back, he just goes back to not looking like Tom. But I, I know I, I can tell you who's praying that the Panthers make the playoffs. It's Dallas sitting at five. Tom Brady for whatever season he's having owns the Dallas Cowboys. He has never lost a game to the Dallas Cowboys in his entire career. So they're praying he doesn't get in at. four four or at yeah at four because I do think that Tom will just take care of him and just send the cowboys home immediately and then Mike McCarthy will get fired. Um uh, which maybe jerry Jones is rooting for because then he can get, go go get Sean Payton. But I don't know. I, I know Dallas doesn't want to see uh Dallas doesn't want to see Tom because Tom does magical things against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh really quickly I i think uh Rohan was saying this earlier in the chat he thinks the commanders are gonna fall off. Uh to me I just don't agree man. I think like the commanders are a pretty scary team. Like, I know Heineke is, like, like limited in what he can do, but he's a winner. Like, this guy just – he makes plays. And they have weapons. They have insane weapons, actually. They have Scary Terry, who's probably, in my opinion, the most underrated receiver in all of football. That guy's sick. Curtis Samuel is kind of – does his gadget stuff where he gets a bunch of catches. He's a yak guy. I love yak guys. And then they have Brian Robinson, Jr., They have Jahan Dotson. They have Gibson, where they use him in this pass catching role since McKissick's been injured. He's been really good at it. And they have a really nasty defensive line. So I do think Washington is a scary team. Yeah. And if you're sitting at two or three, especially the Vikings, I don't think they want to see the commies. Because I don't think you want Kirk on primetime going up against a winner like two. I'm, I'm just kidding. But, like, you don't want Kirk Kirk really facing this defensive line of the commies. And even the Niners, I think, you know, you should, like, you can't take that game easy. Which they won't. I mean, it's a playoff game. But, like, I would much rather play the Giants than the Commanders. That's all I'll say.
1: Interesting. Uh, I, I actually like Brian Robinson. He's been really good this season since coming back, you know, from getting a shot. I just don't know. The defense, like. It hasn't looked like what we thought the Washington defense was going to be. I know Chase Young's in, Week One week, they're
0: awesome. One week, they're not good. Yeah, I mean,
1: so that's why I'm kind of like, I feel like it just doesn't the strike me. Right, is right. Stable.
0: But, yeah, I, I agree.
1: But I, my point is that I think that either the Giants or the Commanders, I don't mind eat, seeing either of them in the first round, assuming we do win the division. So we will see. We will see. You know, playoff picture, two-thirds of the way of the season. It's a good, good time to check in on that. I think we will keep an eye on it as these weeks go along. So, I think we can move on to like our last couple of segments of this the, you know, World Cup is going on right now. It's championship week for college football. We'll do a little bit of lock and fade. I guess we can start with college football if you guys want to do that. Um so, you know, it is championship week. And right now, I think, you know, Georgia's at 1, Michigan is at 2, TCU's at 3, USC's at 4. Not at all the playoff which I thought we'd be talking about about a couple about. months ago that when we started this podcast. So, I, yeah, I guess we can just, just dive right in. Obviously, I think Ohio State took a very bad loss to Michigan last week. Um, I think that, honestly, in my opinion, knocks them out of the College football playoffs. It's not even like they lost. They just got destroyed, honestly. I think Stroud might be done for the Heisman. I think that's Caleb Williams. But
2: at home, not even destroyed. Yes, at home yeah.
1: too. At the shoe. So, Michigan looks like they're um in good... They're basically, I think they're a lock for the playoff at this point. Hey, My only, hey, I mean, whoa. unless, I mean, yeah. if, if the spoiler makers Bro, they're not play spoils, end. you know, maybe. But what do you guys think overall? What's your initial reaction from these four spots and any upsets this championship week, championship week, which could alter the rankings or maybe even a bowl game?
0: Uh, I don't think you have to really worry about any upset. I think there there is a possibility that K State can beat TCU, and there's definitely a possibility that Utah can beat USC. They've already done it once this year, right? And if they if those two do happen, then you're going to see Ohio State and Alabama back in it. And I I, I don't think the college football playoff committee would be too upset. Wait, about you that. think Ohio State's going to be back in it if one of them if loses. TCU and USC both okay. lose? Okay, that, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Right. If so both lose. Of them, okay. Yeah, if one of them loses, I think you got a conversation about Ohio State versus Bama which I think I would lean Bama. I think is a better team. But I think you can make the case for Ohio State, right? Like They only lost one game, and they lost it to the number two team in the country. So you can definitely make a case. I just don't think Ohio State's that good this year. I mean, you just saw them get exposed, right? So I do think it's going to be an interesting weekend of college football. Um, I just think everything's going to go chalk, though. I think USC has too much on the line right now, and Lincoln's going to dial up all his best plays, and they'll probably get it done. TCU versus K-State's an interesting one. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think TCU is just kind of in a roll, right? I mean, when, when college football teams get in a roll, they can just kind of sustain excellency and keep winning. And then we'll see what happens with Georgia. They should get it done. Uh, Purdue versus Michigan is going to be a good game. I know a lot of people are going to probably end up betting Michigan, but I do think you should consider taking the Purdue spread because this team plays in close games, um, and they fight, man. Like Aiden O'Connell, his brother just passed away. He's got a chip on his shoulder this week. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I've seen this a lot where Purdue kind of just – is completely like has no chance in the game but the offense just gets on a roll right so college bowl should be fun i do think everything will end up chalk i think these are the four teams you're going to see i hope they put usc at 3 Cause I want to see Michigan versus USC. That's, that's a blue blood battle in college football. That'd be sick to watch. And then Georgia could just kind of take care of TCU. Yeah, please. I do not uh, want
1: to see Michigan TCU. I, yeah. I just- USC
0: and at three and Michigan at two would be awesome for college football. Two huge fan bases. Um, you could be, you could make it the Rose bowl, right? Like the two winners of the conferences would obviously be the Rose bowl. It'd be awesome. Television. I would be rooting hard for USC just so straight. a so sad. <laughs> Um and it'd be it just be sick and I hope that's what happens. Wait, okay, I just want to pose a question to you guys real quick,
1: just both to both of you. Say TCU loses on the off chance, right? Does does that mean they're completely eliminated?
2: Let me let me answer your question with my predictions, because I was actually gonna say it's it's funny that you said that, Ashvin. Uh I'm, I, this is my predictions at least. Georgia takes care of LSU. It's gonna be closer than we expect. It's not gonna be some blowout, you know, like Georgia's been doing the whole season. But I, I think it's gonna be closer than we expect. Maybe. I don't know. I don't don't want to say a score, but all I know is it's going to be closer, especially with these SEC championship games, especially with championship games in general. There's always a chip on shoulder for both of these teams, right? Utah over USC. First of all, I want to say it's very disrespectful from the CFB ranking to put Utah over UW, especially after the season that they've been putting up, right? We have less losses, first of all. And we beat tougher opponents. So so first of all, UW at twelve and Utah at eleven outrageous. Utah beat
0: USC who's four.
2: I, I get that, but they were also behind us in the rankings every week. And then just, think, if you guys yeah.
1: didn't if you guys didn't lose to Arizona State, I think you guys would
2: beat Pac twelve championship easily. I but, agree, and, and I also think that it's crap rules that you know Utah because head
1: to head though, like Ashton said, Utah beat USC when they played in the regular season. I, I
2: know, I know. All I'm saying it's crap, but
1: I get. Oh yeah, yeah, you can make an argument. I get it. I get it. You, okay, I, I'm me...
2: actually on your side a little bit on
0: this week. I it actually think the really UW fun. versus USC game would be super cool too. Panics versus Caleb Williams would be really awesome.
2: I agree. And and Panics, especially sneaking up in the Heisman race too. <laughs> but okay, anyway, two is going to be, you know, obviously Michigan's going to take care. Sorry, Ashvin. I, no, I, they probably will. Yeah, that's a yeah. sign. But, but here's where I think. I think K-State will upset TCU. It'll be a close game. I mean, you saw TCU's game, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. They barely won with their kicker, like kicking it because they didn't manage the time well. And they had like seven seconds left. They rushed their field goal unit. And yeah, he hit it. I think that's the type of team TCU is now. They take their opponents for granted. And they're they're very confident, very cocky, which is good for them. They deserve it. They're the number three con- team in the country. But K-State is always one. There's always one team in every division. For the Pac-12, it's always Oregon State. Those guys you think, I right, they're like, okay, whatever. But they're always pesky. They always stay there till the end. I really think that Kansas State is that team for the Big 12. I think that they're going to be pesky for TCU. They're going to upset. And I think that, you know, USC will take care of business with Utah. With that said, I think, you know, you move USC up to three, you move Ohio state up to four after they win, or they're not even playing. They're not even playing this week, are they? Yeah. They're not playing. Yeah. Ohio state moves up to four and then you get exactly what you want. So I I do think that if TCU, I United want Bama win, in though. Bama won't get, <sighs> that. Bama's not even playing.
0: I know, but you like Bama lost to LSU and Tennessee on the road in stadiums filled with a hundred thousand people by I one possession. I the, agree. Ohio State got blown out at home. Has no other ranked wins, and the only good team they played, they got plastered.
1: I agree. Like, that's and it. I am
0: definitely yeah. Like, they have a ranked you know, win. Ohio State right? fan. Penn, Penn State though. Yeah, that's that's fine. Beating Penn State is like that's their job. Penn State's job is to lose to Michigan and Ohio State every year, right? The third wheel of the Big Ten. Um sure. I'm an Ohio State fan growing up and then became an Ohio State hater while I was at Purdue, obviously. But to me, I just I think it's more of an argument than like, oh, no chance Bama can get in. Cause their two losses, in my opinion, are less bad. And that's kind of how this thing works, right? Like the committee is just like everything's very arbitrary. Like it's like, oh, this team lost to this team by this much versus this team lost to two teams by this much. It's like yeah, just that's a top- the hopefully, but, I mean that those kind of stuff will be solved with the 12 team.
2: 100. But the one thing I will say is I'm really happy to see different representation. I'm happy to not see a four SEC team. Like
0: that's why I'm seriously rooting for USC because I don't want to see the Pac-12 get out of this thing again. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm
1: rooting for TCU, but I don't think we really want to see TCU against one of these teams. I mean, I think it'd be cool in like in like a couple of years, like when the playoff expands, like when they have you know one through five as the power five winners, right? But this year, I don't know. It just it just feels like Georgia's just going to end up running away with this to be honest. I I know Michigan's really good. Um hey, Georgia, but Blake Corum is also hurt.
2: USC, bro. I'm telling you Georgia if Michigan or Georgia, Georgia
1: USC would be interesting. Georgia,
2: yeah, if Georgia plays mm. or USC, surely might not win. But this I, I a hell of a game.
1: Sure, but I don't think it would be as interesting as USC Michigan. I think Mich- that's a little bit more competitive. Be but, awesome. Um yeah, but I don't know. Have you, I think that's about it for College football playoff. I think that Obviously, this week is going to be pretty big with all the championships. It could be very interesting to see an upset. I just don't think it'll end up happening. And it's a little bit disappointing because I don't want to sound like a TCU hater, but just as it, as it purely entertainment purposes, because, you know, I don't have a dog in this race, It just it's not going to be interesting to see TCU in this playoff, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. Obviously, also, World Cup is happening right now. The U.S. just advanced to the round of 16, beating Iran 1-0. You know, I had a must-win. You know, great win for us. Um, I think you know, Argentina advanced this week. Oh, sorry, today actually. Yes, sure. Mexico did not advance. So, yes, we, yeah, you know, Rishi's a Netherlands fan. So, we're it's a little bit of a rivalry in our own chat. Yeah, Netherlands the US. I, I don't know, it doesn't make sense that you know, he's, he's from sense America, sense. but I
0: mean, isn't really from
2: the US. Robin but. Van Persie has changed. Robin me.
0: Van Persie is like not <laughs> even like a top 10 player of this generation, but for some reason, he has this. Absolutely ridiculous pull on Rishi to where he's going to... Hey,
2: add Rohan. Add Rohan. Hey, but that... Rohan, that, you not bro. rooting
0: for Netherlands
2: against the U.S., bro. Hey, it's but, fine. Oh, my goodness.
0: Anyway, A little bit different. Trace isn't here, but it would have been awesome to see Trace just yell at Rishi for like two minutes. <laughs> like he's been like doing.
2: minutes, more like it.
0: But yeah, really quickly, World Cup prediction. I do think right now, I think it's gonna be France. Uh, I think France is just like they're so good; they can sit back all game and then just hit one ball to Mbappe, and he's gonna make something happen. Mbappe has eight goals in the World Cup in his career, that's tied with Lionel Messi in how many World Cups that guy's played, right? Um, but it is awesome to see Argentina uh, advance. I, I really, I'm praying we can somehow get an Argentina versus Portugal final, just for the legends. You know, these are the two goats of this of the sport and Maradona. But these are definitely two go to the sport, and it would be really sick to see him play in the final. But that being said, I'm rooting for the U.S. Uh, Hopefully, they can get it done. It would be so sick if they beat Netherlands. Um, I think we'd all go nuts. Besides Rishi, Um, the World Cup is like (laughs) excruciating pain. Watching ninety ninety plus minutes of football, Um, it's really awesome. So good, the World Cup's back.
2: Yeah, I mean. I think, I think you yeah. just covered it pretty well. Um, everyone's excited for this. Let's see what happens. It's been great upsets. Some great teams playing. Nothing much more than that. Go Netherlands.
1: Uh, I don't agree with the last part, but yes, it's the World Cup's been very fun. Um, and obviously, round of 16 coming up. But we can quickly do lock and fade of the week if you guys want. I'm going to take USC minus three as, a, as my lock. I think they storm into the college football playoff. I don't think Utah's going to beat them. USC is rolling way too hard right now. And... For my fade, I will fade uh, the Patriots in a Thursday night spot here. I think the Bills need to assert some dominance. So, fade Patriots plus three and a half. I know they're at home, but I think the Bills need to really start taking care of business here. So, I'm going to fade the Pats in a Thursday night primetime spot.
2: All right. Lock of the week. I'm with you, Rohan. One Pac-12 representation in the playoffs. USC minus three, Utah. Fade of the week. You guys are going to kill me for this. But... uh... America, USA, men's national team, money line against Netherlands, paid them. Take Netherlands... take,
1: take the minus 180 money line, <laughs> right? Go ahead.
2: I mean, all I'm saying is that, you know, Netherlands don't look like they have too many scorers, um, which kind of sucks, but they have a great defense. uh Don't know Paul such a status. He should play. He should play, but, I mean, like we know with Debo, you know, even if you're hurt, yeah, you're playing, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen, right? So... We'll That's my lock and fade the week. Let's see if I'll be eating my words next week or not.
0: Uh I'm gonna fade Netherlands down playing. I think Netherlands get the job done against us. That's fine. It's okay. It was a fun ride. In the United States. We'll be back in 2026. Uh really quickly, Tyler Adams, legend. I uh, hope that guy's legends to grow. He's an awesome, awesome player. Uh, I'm gonna take the my for my lock of the week, I'm gonna take the Ravens minus seven against the Broncos. I know it's a high line, it's very, very high, and the Ravens have looked awful, but Everybody in Denver hates Russell Wilson. Mike Purcell, like you can watch him walk off the. That was awesome to watch, man. That was one of my favorite of videos. Country, let's ride. I, I, I just want to know what Russ said. uh I think um someone was uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know, maybe a fake quote, but I just thought it was so funny. I'm gonna say it. Uh, apparently Wilson said it's it's Russell Wilson time when they were down seventeen to three, and Mike Purcell heard it and he just went off. uh You know what's crazy is like it's not even unbelievable that he might have said that. So. Uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens the minus eight. Uh, for my fade of the week, I'm going to fade. Let's see. Uh, I'll fade the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Bears are plus four and a half. Um, uh, if Jordan Love is playing, their run defense in in Green Bay is just so bad, and the only thing Chicago can really do is run the ball. And if Fields is playing, then they can definitely run the ball. So I'm gonna take uh the Bears plus four and a half fade Green Bay. I think their season is done. Uh, I think they're going to start throwing in the towels. I think a lot of those guys are going to quit because that's the type of team they are. Yeah, it's
1: going to be interesting to see if Rogers plays this week. But I will keep track of the lock and fades. I did not do it the last pod, but Trace isn't here, so it gives hey, me an excuse for one, one more maybe week. Yes, one. Yes, I will. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm going to keep track of those. But next time Trace comes, I'll give a update also, on you know. Oh,
2: sorry. One last thing on Russell Wilson. Apparently, half of his teammates didn't even show up to his birthday party. <laughs> So I think that's just showing you what's happening in Denver. Hey,
1: bro, people have busy lives. It's okay. It was a
2: play- actually no, it was a player's day off. So it was a player's oh, okay. day off, and they had a choice of what they wanted to do. Only half the team showed up. It's your it one square
0: ass birthday party, bro. It was probably nothing fun to do there. Just <laughs> a Seattle for like ten minutes. And I mean,
1: yeah, as a four er fan, it's just been great seeing the downfall of Russell Wilson this season.
0: You know, through all his downfall, the guy still beat us. It just is. I hate it, man. I hate that guy. It's okay. It's okay, but. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, we covered a lot this pod. Go Niners this week. Hopefully,
1: we can have a big statement win against the Dolphins. World Cup is on. It's a lot of sports this month. Obviously, this has been this next you know month and a half. But it's been great. Um, this is Rohan signing off. The 4verse Pod. Ashman Rishi here. And we will be back next week.
2: Go Niners. Go Niners.